0: All right. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is Amy and Ellie, and this is Licker and Bicker. Not Lickner and Bickener. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said. <laughs> and we're going to talk about movies today, or more hopefully, maybe not Hope I'm so drunk. Oh my God.
1: That's okay. I'm drunk too. That's why it's called Licker and Bicker. <laughs> and we're going to talk about movies that we like to yell about. Yeah. Maybe some other stuff.
0: Maybe. Maybe. We talk about whatever we want. We talk
1: about what, It's our fucking podcast. Can I say fuck? Okay. It's a podcast. It's I'm my podcast. Right? I can say fuck if I want. <laughs> we're going to yell about stuff, so we're probably going to say fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you took a lot of notes about Highlander. Highlander 2. Highlander 2. Yeah. So, do you well,
0: want... I only have the one thing to talk about. What do you want to talk about
1: first? Well, I was going to talk about The Perfect Storm.
0: Yeah, what do you got to say about The Perfect Storm?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that it's not a new movie. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty old movie. Not old, but came out like early 2000s. Highlighter 2 came out nice
0: to anyone, so.
1: Uh, That's a year before I was...
0: Oh my God, don't say it. Born. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But Perkstorm. Can't think of the year right now. Came out early 2000s. I'm going to say 2003, but that's completely, I guess. That probably works for me. (sighs) It's a movie about these fishermen from Gloucester, I think Massachusetts. And they, there's a storm coming. Mm -hmm. George Clooney, he's the captain of a fish boat. Mm -hmm. They come back from a fish boat and they're like, oh, yay, we're all back. Let's go celebrate from a bar at a bar. And so they're all at this bar. This is where the movie like kind of begins. Okay. So Diane Lane's character mm-hmm. is dating Mark Wahlberg. They're like so in love. Mm-hmm. And they're all like at this bar. They're getting drunk. So they're like, yeah, we're back from fishing. This is awesome. And then George Clooney gets a tip that there's going to be a lot of fish out at this place. And so he's like, I'm sorry, boys, but we're going out tomorrow. And they're all like, what? No way. And Diane Lane gets very upset because she doesn't want Mark Wahlberg to go out because she's worried about him and she wants him to Stay and start a life with him, they're also very drunk, so they fight. Okay. And Diane Lane gives Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. a black eye. And then the next morning he's like, oh, it's cool, baby. I know you love me. I love you. We're gonna get your kids back. Her kids have been taken away. Probably because she punches people. Probably because she fucking punches people, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, this bitch probably shouldn't get her kids back. She seems like she's got an anger problem. But right. Mark Wahlberg's like, it's cool, baby. I love you. Well, if you hit the head of that <clears throat> you make pretty poor decisions. Right. Good point. Mark Wahlberg's probably been hit in the head a lot of times. <clears throat> <laughs> and so, but before that happens, also in that night, you've got John C. Riley. He's got her stepbrothers. He's in that movie. His ex-wife comes and drops off his kid. And he's like, hey, you want to come hang out with daddy in a bar? Great parenting <laughs> choice. <laughs> and the kid's like, yeah, I totally do. And so he's like hanging out with his kid. And then, you know, they're having a great father-son moment. <clears throat> John Feichner Pitchner? Pickner? He's in Armageddon. He's like the hero in Armageddon. Mm-hmm. He's in the movie too, and him and John C. Riley do not get along at all. They're like butt heads. Mm-hmm. So they're like talking, and then he makes a joke about how he F John C. Riley's ex wife and he's like, Don't talk about my wife that way in front of my son, whatever. Yeah. But then at the end of the night, John C. Riley drops his son off and is talking to him, like, Oh, hey, you know, your mom's probably gonna find a new dad for you soon, so that's gonna be cool. And his son gets upset and he's like, Don't be upset. And I'm like, Of course your son's upset. You're telling him he's gonna get a new dad. He wants you to be his dad, John C. Riley. What are you doing? Stupid. Yeah. And then also in that night, there's this guy called Bugsy, played by John Fox. I don't know if you know who John, Fox I don't is. who John Fox is. I don't know who he is either. I'm pretty sure this is the only movie he's ever been in. Probably not. Some people are probably going to disagree
0: with me on that one. But not <laughs> like John Fox. <laughs> <right?
1: laughs> His name's Bugsy, and he's just trying to get laid. And so there's this like woman who I will say is full figured okay. sitting at the bar, and he goes up to her, lays some like cheesy line on her, mm. and I think her name is like. Uh, crap I can't remember her name it's like Cheryl or something like that mm. <sighs> And he's trying to get laid. And whenever he says some stupid lines and then she's like, Oh, like you're just messing with me or whatever. He goes, Oh, come on lady. What's your problem? Like, where's your heart? And she goes, my heart's at home. They're six and eight years old and they're in bed. And he's like, okay. So, but then anyway, like he says some stupid joke that makes her like, Oh, you're okay. Let's hang out at like spend the whole night together or whatever. at this bar. And then she goes home next day. She comes to see him off. Okay. Or no 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 this way she goes, You're not screwing with me, are you? And he goes, I ain't got time to screw with you. I'm going out on the boat tomorrow. Which isn't like a like a no. That's no. like a <laughs> actually
0: that sounds more like yes. Right.
1: And so the next day she comes to see him off. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And he's like, Oh, hey, uh your name is uh and she's like, It's Cheryl. Ha 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 and he's like, Oh right, I knew that. Like,
0: He didn't know
1: that. Bitch, this guy can't even remember your name. Yeah. Why are you coming to see him
0: off? You have also made poor life
1: choices. Yeah.
0: So, basically, that's what the movie is about, people with poor life choices?
1: I think so. So, basically, they go out. They're not catching any fish. Not catching any fish. Not catching any fish. Mm -hmm. Finally, they catch a bunch of fish, but their ice machine breaks, and they need their ice machine because I didn't know this, but they stuff the fish full of ice mm-hmm. and then they put the fish in ice freezers so they don't go bad. I never thought about that before, right. but it makes sense. You have to keep the fish good. Yeah. So the ice machine breaks and they're like, all right, well, we should probably go home or whatever. Um, oh, but before that happens too, this is a really good point. <laughs> um, so John C. Riley and Mike Was Fickner, 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 Fickner his character are like fighting the whole time. Well, John C. Riley gets thrown overboard while the seas are very rough. So Mark Wahlberg and Mike Fickner jump overboard. Okay. And save his life, which I don't see how is possible because the waves are like 10 foot waves. Crazy. The boat's right. like going crazy back and forth, but somehow Mark Wahlberg and this guy are able to swim into the rough seas and rescue this guy, <laughs> pull him on board. George Clooney does like little, like tiny, like pitter patter CPR for like right. two seconds. He's like pump, pump. Oh, he's not coming back. Pump, pump. Mouth breathe. Oh, he's dead. But John C. Riley comes back to life, hooray! Because George Clooney. Try that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because George Clooney did really bad CPR on him. So, anyway, they go out into the storm. It's a really bad storm. The search and rescue guys are like. They, they show this other sailboat on there that has nothing to do with anything, but they're rescued by Search and Rescue. Okay. Search and Rescue then goes to try and save, you know, their fish boat, but then they end up, like, their helicopter goes down because the storm is, caref- like, terrible right. because it's the perfect storm. It's, like, three storms that combine, and, like, the waves are, like, 60-foot waves or something like that. Did they
0: know that the storm was coming?
1: Um, I think, well, yeah, this one lady, I don't remember her name, but she was on another boat. I think her and George Clooney had a thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she tried to warn them, but George Clooney was like, nah, I'm George Clooney. I got this. Okay. And so he just smiles the storm away. Pretty much. She's like, I'm George Clooney. Like, I can just smile at the storm and, you know, bat my eyelashes and it'll be like, oh, George Clooney and like, just go away. <laughs> and so, but then when the storm's really bad, their radio goes out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so she's trying to warn them, but all they can hear is like, ey, ey. So they can't be, you know, they don't really know, but they figure it out because like shit starts getting bad. And, um, so anyway, there's this one really funny moment where like (laughs) George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg look at each other and they're like, should we turn back? And they're like looking at each other like, man, this is really bad. This is really serious. We should turn back. But then Mark Wahlberg's like, it's just a hurricane. (laughs) And he's like, "This is a hell of a crew and a hell of a boat. We got this, bro!" And they're like, "Woo!" and like high five each other. And they're like, "Yeah, we can take on this like mega death hurricane and this like crappy boat with three windows busted out." when There's We
0: like a bunch of people with head injuries.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, no offense, but they're fishermen from Gloucester, Massachusetts. They're probably not the smartest people in the world. So yeah. So basically, boat ends up going down. No one survives. There's this is really a dramatic moment where George Clooney's like, let's get out of here, Mark Wahlberg. And he's like, okay. And so Mark Wahlberg swims out of one of the broken windows. Mm. And then George Clooney, like, looks at him and, like, pushes about, but then goes back with the boat because he's the captain, oh, so he has to go okay. down with the boat. Gotcha. And so there's this moment where Mark Wahlberg is just, like, calmly looking at him underwater, even though there's a freaking hurricane going on above them. right? And just looks at him and just is, like, calmly, like, goodbye friend Hmm. and then swims up and then he's talking to his abusive girlfriend diane lane like hey christine i love you girl i'm so sorry that i couldn't be there but i'm thinking about you and i don't know if you know this but i love you and i want to spend my life with you but i'm probably gonna die because of these waves and they all die (laughs) and wait how did
0: you talk to her he talked to her like this. No, like a oh. helicopter, like No, 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 no. Oh.
1: Like he was just like telepathically like telling her oh. how much he loved her. Oh, okay. Because okay. it's Hollywood and they keep- was like, and he- <laughs> have like a phone in the ocean? No, 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 okay. no. He was just telepathically like, Diane, I love you.
0: It's a hurricane though,
1: so I'm gonna die. <laughs> and yeah, so that was the perfect storm. And I watched it because yeah. I love Armageddon. Mm-hmm. I know Armageddon is a terrible movie. It is very awful. Yeah. But I love it so much. Okay. I know I cry every time I watch it because Bruce Willis sacrifices himself so his daughter can have a good life on planet I, Earth. And you
0: know I disagree with that a little I, bit. I
1: know you disagree with it, but I love it. I get choked up every we time. We
0: should probably talk about that movie some other time. We, we should, should talk about it right now.
1: Everyone should go home and watch that movie so they can get their own opinion on it because I love it so much.
0: It's just she grew up on an oil rig. There's like only 10 guys to choose from.
1: Yeah, and so she chose that one. Yeah, choose is
0: the love of her life. Is
1: choose a word?
0: Choose is a word today. Okay, she chose is she, usually the word that people use. She chose him. She chose him.
1: Um, but yeah, and so I watched it because I was like, I like Armageddon. Maybe I like this crappy bad movie. No, I didn't like it at all. Mm. It was terrible. It was worse than Armageddon. I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> But I got over it. Okay, now I want to hear what you have to say about Highlander 2. Okay. Not Highlander 1. So, <clears throat> yeah. You're wearing the t-shirt.
0: Highlander 1 t-shirt. Highlander 1 t-shirt. So, he looks
1: really badass on your yeah. t-shirt. So,
0: you can decide what I wanted to yell about. Um, because I... yeah, You know me. I yell about lots of stuff.
1: Yeah. Every day. I do as well. Yeah. We yeah. like
0: to yell at each other. With but in a
1: friendly way. Yeah.
0: Because I know, like, you know when I'm yelling at you, it's not you. I don't think it's your fault, like... That there were problems with the new Star Wars movie,
1: and I'm like, "But Amy, I'm sorry, and I didn't like, make that happen." It, Ellie. <laughs> that's not how it goes.
0: <laughs> but I could. <laughs> so we're not friends anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I couldn't decide. I yelled about lots of stuff, and then I today I just realized, obviously, I should yell about the thing that I'm most famous about yelling about yell, for yelling. About. <clears throat> which is the Highlander movies. Right. not the first one, I really like the first one. Have you seen the first one?
1: I haven't seen either of them, but I have a feeling I'm going to watch them soon after this.
0: I have a feeling you will too, whether you want to or not.
1: I also, yeah, that's, <laughs> what I, that's kind of what I was thinking.
0: Okay. So, okay, so the first one's really, it's really, I mean, it's it's, a, it, its 80s, right? So, I mean, you have some allowance for that. You know what an 80s movie is. Yeah. A lot, a lot of like montage Ooh. cutscenes. Love that thing. Purple Rain. Everybody loves Purple Rain. Yeah. Um, so, first one's great. It's about a bunch of immortals on planet Earth, and they're, like, fighting. Uh, you, can, you can kill an immortal. A mortal can kill another immortal by chopping off its head. And once you chop off an immortal's head, you get all of their power. Ooh. Right? And there can be only one. That's where that saying comes from. There can be only one.
1: I didn't know that. I'm learning so much. But
0: anyway, all the Highlanders are, like, kind of going after... And it's, like, it, the first one that goes through, like, time. Like, Connor McCloud starts in Scotland in, like, 1538 or something. I don't remember. And, you know, goes through time. And <clears throat> Anyway... So it goes through, people are chopping each other's heads off and whatever, and then, with- but there's like this, this, uh, big bad guy, uh, played by Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, what? yeah, anyway. And then, so that's the big battle in the movie and then okay. he kills him and then he is the last immortal. And the thing is, once you kill, once you're the last immortal, you get the prize. And nobody really, like, talks about what the prize is, oh. but it turns out the prize is that he becomes mortal and he gets to live with the love of his, like, this new love of his life, Heather. Oh, Because yeah. his first wife that he was with when he was still immortal, she, like, got super old and died.
1: I, I was going to say, he probably has multiple loves yeah. of his life. Well, I think there's only, like, two in the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still, so that's more than most people at that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Highlander. I actually was going to watch it again today, but then I was, like, really tired, so I just sat there staring his face. Yeah. You know how that goes. Anyway. Yup. So, anyway. Love the movie Highlander. <clears throat> I really do. It's, like, up in my top ten movies. So, I have seen not all of the Highlander sequels, but I've seen Highlander 2, uh, Highlander 3, Highlander 4. How
1: many sequels did they make?
0: They made a few. Uh, then there's the a Highlander, the Highlander TV series, only Highlander TV series. on dumb. My grandmother loved that show. Um, <laughs> and then they made, I think there's a newer one. There's one from like 10 years ago, I think, and then another one that mm-hmm. came out like a couple of years ago, or they're still working on it. I don't know. Anyway, I haven't seen all of those, but I have seen one, two, three, four, and the TV show. And I know <clears throat> constantly, especially about the movies. Mm hmm. This was a long intro to get to the point of I'm going to yell about Highlander 2. Yell about it! Okay, so Highlander 2, is quick. <clears throat> um, so, the the description of the movie is, in the future, Highlander Connor McLeod uh, must prevent the destruction of Earth under an anti-ozone shield. Oh. Yeah. So, the movie starts out, like, so the first Highlander is just, like, you know, as far as you can tell, some normal dude or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. It's in the 1980s, blah, blah, blah. This has got, like, not only is he immortal, there's a whole other like, plot thing that you have to follow. It's year 2024. This is what comes up on the title screen. Industrial pollution has destroyed the ozone layer, leaving the planet at the mercy of the sun's ultraviolet rays. Oh, no. An electromagnetic shield now protects the Earth. (coughs) A small group believes that the ozone layer has repaired itself and that the shield is no longer necessary. But no one knows for sure. Dun, dun, dun. Also, uh, Robert Ebert called this the worst film of 1991. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so as I, I love first. I love the first Highlander. Yeah, like I love it. It's got an awesome soundtrack. I love Queen. I actually saw Highlander because I love Queen. That's how much I love Queen.
1: Queen's amazing. Oh, yes. R.I.P. Freddie Mercury.
0: Don't I was say, don't start the fight about.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to because I disagree with that argument. Yeah, okay.
0: Anyway, so okay, Highlander two contradicts most of the first one. Like by a ton. That's frustrating. Yeah. So, uh, and it's it's and 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 in three. Like three is actually a better movie than two. When they made three, they completely like ignored that two happened. They just pretended like it didn't exist. Right. Like they're like that was bad. Let's just ignore it. Yeah. And so two kind of goes, or not two three kind of goes into like the real way he became immortal, kind of stuff like that, and his like family back in the old time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is before that. So. Supposedly, the immortals who are on Earth were sentenced uh, to the future, which is the Earth, to face other immortals in the future. And then the last one to survive will have a choice to grow old and die, or return to the planet with their faith (laughs) restored. And, uh... So, um... Oh, I just got distracted by somebody. (laughs) happens. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so it's like... So he and Sean Connery... Sean Connery's in the first movie. Okay, here's the thing I love about the first movie. I
1: love Sean Connery. Okay, so
0: the first movie, um, Chris Chris Lambert plays uh, Connor McLeod, who's Scottish. Chris Lambert uh, was born in New York, but he, like, moved to Switzerland when he was young, so he has this French accent that he cannot get rid of. (laughs) So he's, like, trying to be Scottish, but he does not sound Scottish. (laughs) What is he doing? And then... Sean Connery who is Scottish Sean Connerer right, is actually playing a Spanish guy oh god right? but he's not trying to be Spanish at all he's just completely he's like, hola Scottish. I'm Sean Connerer <laughs> yeah and that's part of the reason why I love the first movie anyway like I just recast it you know it's like switch things around I mean, yeah yeah uh, no uh, they
1: gotta do it that way because yeah, that makes most
0: sense right so anyway Sean Connery comes back in the second movie Which makes no sense. I mean, okay, let me explain. Sean Connery dies in the first movie because... His head got chopped off? Yes, because he's one of the immortals, right? Right. And to have only one immortal, all the other ones have to die. Right. Right? And it makes sense for Sean Connery to die. Blah, 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 blah. Trust me. You need to see the first movie. We should probably stop this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, Sean Connery's dead. So, in this movie... The reason they went to Earth is because uh, Sean Connery, uh, who plays Ramirez, and Connor McLeod start some sort of rebellion against Katana, and they don't explain really why there's a rebellion or any. They don't explain anything. Most (laughs) of this movie is they don't explain anything, and I'll get a little bit more into that as I go on. Anyway, so the they're like, "Oh no, it's like treason or something." Here's your punishment: you have to go to Earth and be immortal and fight other immortals. Okay, that doesn't make any sense, but fine, whatever. Right. So anyway, in that first scene where they're setting up the origin of uh, Ramirez and and Connor McCloud, like, they're trying to explain, I think, basically how they can bring Sean Connery back for the second movie, because you can't, unless you keep all the Sean Connery stuff in the past, which they could have done. That's completely Mm -hmm. an option. For some reason, not a route they chose. I mean, they made up this whole backstory. Why not live in that backstory and flesh it out a bit? So, anyway, he says, we are joined in a way that cannot be broken, even by death. All you need to do is call my name, which leads to the stupidest thing. It's
1: like Beetlejuice.
0: Yeah, except you have to say Beetlejuice, like, three times.
1: Oh, you just say it one time? I
0: think so. What
1: if you're just, like, mad and you don't want to talk to him? And you're like, and then this guy did this, and then he shows up, and you're like, oh,
0: he's dead? What? Are you, like, you're talking about something he did in the past?
1: I don't know. I might just be confused. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's fine. Okay. So, anyway, they have this, like, shield... Covering the Earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Control Center, and then there's, like, these radicals You go in, and, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Control Center has, like, apparently the worst security because there's, like, one scene where, like, three people are ziplining past one security <laughs> guard who's just, like, leaning up against the thing, like, whatever. He's like, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's like, if you're S.H.I.E.L.D. Control, <clears throat> why are you not, you know, yeah. more attentive? That would make sense. Anyway, so they get in. She puts some sort of, like, chip or something, and she's like, this can't be right. And they're like, what is it? And she's like, she's she's the terrorist, like, she's like, it says that everything's normal outside the shield or something like that. And they're like, well, hurry, because they're getting shot at. So they all run out, and some of them die.
1: Because the security guard woke up and was like, hey. Well, because when they put
0: the... She's like, I'm going to access the computer. When she accesses the computer, it, like, screws up all the computer screens, and it looked less like she was accessing the computer to get information, and more like she was, like, putting in a virus or something. Mm. So then they they noticed that immediately. <laughs> code blue, then went to, like, red alert, and then blah. Yikes. So anyway, meanwhile, Connor McLeod on Earth, in 2040, is an old man, right? And it's just Chris Lambert in, like, old man makeup, and he's, like, using his old man voice, and it sounds like he's been strangled. And, like, the idea of him being an old man is confusing a couple weeks. A, Highlander 2 was made four years after Highlander 1. So it's not even, like, so much time has passed that Chris Lambert doesn't look like Chris Lambert. Mm-hmm. He looks the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why the head uses the makeup. Mm-hmm. The other part of it... I know it's really hard, right? Yeah. The other part of it is that um, if he's immortal on Earth... Right, because, and which they kind of say he is in a minute, um, then he shouldn't be aging like that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, what happens is, like, Katana and some, like, t- the, and the council that sent him there are like, oh, McCloud hasn't made his choice yet. Right. Which is why he can't get old. They say he hasn't made his choice yet, and his choice is to either grow old and die. Or come back to the planet with his faith restored. Right. He hasn't made his choice yet. So he's one, but he's just hanging out and still getting old. Shouldn't he just be, like, normally immortal and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Also, why hasn't he made his choice?
1: Right. I feel like you've been immortal for a really long time. Like, you've had plenty of time to think about what you would want. Right. Why is it taking you so long now to make your choice? Right. Get it together. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway... So, um, anyway, so then, okay, so I guess Immortals can get through this super shield that's covering the earth because, like, at one point, he, like, gets a cut on his hand in a bar fight because of this crazy lady. Oh, it turns out Connor McLeod helped create the shield, by the way. Oh. uh, Because Heather, in the first movie, his wife, dies of, like, radiation poisoning when the ozone goes completely away. So she made him promise that he would, like, make it better for other people. So he creates this shield. So you'd think, like, he'd make a shield that other immortals can't get through, but whatever.
1: Sounds like he didn't think that
0: through. He can tell that they're coming because uh, after he gets into the bar fight, it, like, heals up really quickly, and he's like, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So anyway, um... (coughs) And then, okay, so, like, at the same time, so, like, he's, like, going, he's leaving. And then the terrorist chick who, like, at some point, like, she got away, she took off her suit, and then she has a piece of paper, it says, Connor McCloud is at this bar, right? I don't know what the paper comes from, I don't know who gave it to her. Uh, she just, like, had it in her suit or something. So she goes to the bar, and she's, like you know, oh, hey, are you Connor McCloud? He's like, I don't have time, I gotta go. And she's, like, <laughs> she's like, why, did somebody die? Like, she's like, obviously is coming to him for his help, but she's being a complete dick about it. Like, a complete dick. Uh, it's like, like in a way that doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, at all. Right. Right. So, anyway, um, Katana sends, like, these two weird bird guys who are also immortals <laughs> down to fight Connor McCloud. Sounds like
1: Something- There's a lot of immortals left.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, it turns out like they (laughs) are always immortals when they come. There's like one scene later where she's trying to like, okay, so you're only immortal if this happens, but if this happens, then you're not immortal. Blah 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 blah. So there's a lot of loopholes. Yes, exactly. Okay, Okay. like that's the. I think the writer's lazy way of explaining, it. like, I'm not wrong. You know,
1: like, even <laughs> this while, totally makes
0: sense. Yeah, no, you are wrong. And even when she's explaining it, it points out that what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Right. 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 Whatever. So anyway, so they come down and like, he's like, I gotta go. And then he tells her to hide in a dumpster. And I thought of you.
1: The dumpster is my favorite place. That's where I live. Right. And
0: I yeah. was like, Oh my God, it's Ellie. It's Ellie in the dumpster. Yeah. So anyway, these birdmen—they're like weird birdmen with porcupines spike hair—and <laughs> and like it basically, because Connor, as far as you know, right? Like, let's say you walk in a Highlander two, not knowing anything, which is the only way you can possibly enjoy this movie, right? If you've never seen Highlander. <clears throat> uh huh. I mean, I think it would—it's a bad movie regardless, but it wouldn't be like the kind of bad movie that makes you mad, right? It would just be like, man, this was a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, exactly. This right. is like, no, everything in here is wrong. Anyway, let's say you walk out of Highlander 2 not knowing about Highlander, right? Mm -hmm. And not really... Because you can... Obviously, the first part doesn't make a lot of sense unless you know what's going on. But anyway, so it's basically these people from space beating up a really old man. Sounds like a bunch of jerks. Yeah. So anyway, he's fighting this one guy. The first guy dies, and then like the hi- so what happens when you kill an immortal? You just put you know pop their head off. Right. But technically, his head was popped off because it got run over by a train. But anyway, um, then all their power comes into you, and so there's all these lightning and explosions and stuff like that. So anyway, lightning like huge fucking explosions, and then he's young again. Whoa. Right. And then so and then the second bird man comes and they start fighting and then like and I it is the worst decapitation scene I've ever seen. And not because it's like gross, it's just lame. His head basically just like pops off and I hate it so much. It's like a mannequin head. Like yeah. just
1: like flying through the air.
0: It's just like it like kinda of, like rolls off his neck or whatever and I'm like lame. lame. Immortals are really that easy to kill. Yeah. Why well, why has it been so hard? <one>? So anyway, while he's fighting the guy, he does yell, Ramirez, Ramirez, my old friend, or whatever. And then, and then he yells, Ramirez, two more times. So maybe it is like Beelzebub because I guess he said it like four times. Yeah. So anyway, while he's yelling Ramirez, uh, Ramirez, Sean Connery's character, shows up in the middle of the stage in Scotland. He dies in Scotland. are um, they're doing a Macbeth play, right? <laughs> Sean Connery's role in this movie is like the most infuriating thing that has ever happened to me because it's like, so like up until Sean Connery gets back with Connor McCloud, it's like this whole separate comedy. Mm-hmm. Like he's in the middle of this Macbeth play and he doesn't really know what's going on. Like, he only has the word shithead, right? And then, like, and then he's like walking through town and he needs a new suit because he's wearing like like really old like I don't know sixteenth century Macbeth clothes, clothes basically. Yeah, yeah. and. uh... So then he goes into this, like, uh, suit shop, and he's like, I need new clothes. And they're like, it takes a week to make a suit because it's, like, a fancy shoot, suit shop. And then he, like, takes off this earring, which I, I guess is supposed to be some sort of fancy jewel. It looks like, like, fake pearl. Like, it <laughs> looks like a fake pearl. Um, and he's like, how about this? And they're like, oh, right away. Because what suit shop takes somebody's ear Right,
1: out? that makes yeah, p-
0: right. perfect sense. And so it's a montage of them quickly suiting him and like figuring out what to wear. Is there a walking, cool song like, during drinking. the montage? Not really. Aw. Well, that's not even and a fun then, montage. And after that, then they're like, oh, do you want a limo? And he's like, what's a limo? And they're like... It could drive him to the airport. And he's like, what's an airport? Because he's, he's been dead for so long. He doesn't know what cars and planes are. I get it.
1: I also like that this limo or this suit place is like, hey, you need a limo to take you to the airport now because you fancy.
0: <laughs> well, I think he said he had to get somewhere, but I don't think spe- he specified. And I don't know how, like, I assume because of the bond that right. brings people back to life. Oh, right. You know where Connor is. But I don't know how he would verbalize that to this guy because he doesn't know where, like, these places are. Right. That Connor is, yeah, because it's twenty twenty-five or twenty twenty-four. So it's been like five hundred years since he's been alive, or something. (laughs) Anyway, so and then yeah. So I'm just gonna get through the whole Sean Connery thing. So then he gets on the airplane, right? And then he's, like, looking out the window, like, oh, my God, I'm on an airplane. And then he watches the safety video. And it's an over-exaggerated safety video of, like, basically people dying on planes. And he's, like, freaking out. And he's, like, to the lady next to him, he's, like, how do you get through a flight? Or how do you get, how can you stand flying or something like that? She's, like, ah, drink. And then, <laughs> and then he starts, like, flirting with her throughout the ride and, you know, saying stupid, dirty stuff. And it's, like, this, oh, it's, like, this whole word. separate, like, ridiculous comedy of, like, what is Sean Connery doing? <laughs> And like it has It does not further the plot It's just He's just just there Yeah He's just dorking around I'm Sean Connery I'm Sean Connery I need a shoe Right here's my earring. Now take me to the airport. So anyway, so that happens and it drives me nuts. So anyway, back to the actual May plot, right? Mm-hmm. So he kills the second guy. He calls for Ramirez. He's shot with lightning again. Like, she jumps out of the dumpster and she sees that he's young, right? And she's like, oh my god. And then he's like, to her, he's like, who are, or she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod and I cannot die. And then they just fuck in the alley. Why not? Right. I mean, like, from what you've told
1: me about this movie so far, <laughs> that makes logical sense that they would do it's that. It is
0: one of those things where, like, so, ooh, I'm the cloud clan, right? So, like, a she shows up. She just met him, as we've already established, mm-hmm. right? She's a dick to him. He makes her hide in a dumpster, and granted, nothing sexier than sitting in a dumpster. For I bet she smelled great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just watch this guy basically murder two weirdos, right? And I uh, granted they're weirdos, but it's still like but he's still a murderer. Yeah. Then he gets shot by like a bunch of lightning, a bunch of explosions happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then you're like, I'm gonna have sex with this dude. But now he's hot. So I mean Like, literally, because he was just struck with lightning, Ellie. Yeah. Uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> now he's hot and may have nerve damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <ask> for hours. <laughs> Yeah, I get that decision. Yeah, so
0: it's, it's after that where she tries to, like, they're back at his place for some reason. Yeah. And she's, like, trying to be like, okay, so, da, 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 like, cause she's, like, all concerned about trying to get it straight when he is and isn't immortal. But she doesn't seem to care at all that she has a high tendency for high risk behavior and that she may need to see, like, some sort of mental health professional <laughs> because that's not seen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway, so, yeah. Stupid. And then, uh, what else happened? Oh, okay. So, Katana comes back to Earth because the two Birdmen couldn't kill him. And then, um, okay. So, in the first movie, um... Isn't Katana, like, a type of sword? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is. Yeah. But in this movie, it's a guy played by Michael Ironside.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got it. <laughs> yeah, so, in the first movie, there's this speeding car scene, right? Mm-hmm. And they use the speeding vehicle thing in the first Sir Highlander movie. So, it makes sense the first one. And, I mean, it's a little... It's silly in the first one. Yeah. But it's an 80s movie, like I said. But, yeah, yeah. And the second expect movie... expect there's going to be a level of silly. Yeah. And the second movie, it's Michael Ironsides driving a subway train, like, 400 miles per hour. Uh, and what's weird is, like, they establish that there are kids on this train, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he starts out like this, like, I don't know. I don't know ages. You know, I don't know kids. Like, maybe 12-year-old boy. hmm And, uh... The, the guy's like I bet you've always wanted to drive one of these haven't you and the kid's like yeah and like he's like me too and like pushes the kid down or whatever and then, so, <laughs> me too get out of my way yeah. so then he goes up front and he starts driving it and like goes like really fast and I guess because you're immortal you don't care about speed or something I don't you don't need to do that. I can live forever because yeah. in the third movie it's another guy who does it in a car but anyway in this, so it's this train And then he's, like, going fast and one part, like, this baby carriage with a baby in it starts because it's going super fast, so it kind of starts that going a little bit. So the lady stops and grabs the baby, you know. Except here's the thing. Everybody, it's, like, the most, like, this would be, like, the most graphic part of the movie. Like, people are, like, getting, like, their heads smashed through windows. People's eyes are, like, popping out or whatever, (laughs) slamming against the walls. Everybody on this train dies except for the immortal guy. What a dick. And it's weird to me that they, like, made a specific point to show you that there are children on the train. Because generally, in most movies, like, unless, like, there's a need, they don't kill, like... Children, yeah.
1: Well, I would think that the only reason they would show the children mm-hmm. in, like the superhero movies I've seen, mm-hmm. they show not that this is a superhero movie, mm-hmm. but they show kids just to like play up the fact that, like, man, this guy saved a bunch of like men and women and children. Yeah. And nobody saved these children, no. no, but these ones die. So yeah. that seems strange. Yeah. It seems like they want the audience to hate this
0: person, yeah, like a lot. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean you are like you already do you hate everybody in the movie basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really want everyone
1: to hate everyone
0: <laughs> yeah okay so anyway um, okay so so like for some reason there's this shield up they put it up in 1999 they don't explain how the shield works or why everyone and everything isn't dead without the Sun right because that's mm-hmm. the thing that I'm wondering because it's like like it's like it's dark all the time mm-hmm. right and I mean it is like a like a Desolate kind of world. I mean, it's still city, but you know, like 80s, like future movies where everything is like terrible. Like at the beginning, there's this scene where two, or no, where one guy is like roughing up like a naked lady for some reason on the side of the road, and Connor McCloud's just looking at it like, ugh, what a world. <laughs> 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 oh, so they don't explain that. Um, uh, at one point, you find out there's like a location on the earth above the shield. Right? Mm. Like, there's a weak spot in the shield, so you can just, Uh-oh. like, go through the shield or something. Which seems like it wouldn't make a lot of sense, but whatever. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, also, there's, like, this thing called the corporation, which Katana, like, decides to be a partner in for some reason. The corporation makes money on the shield, but it's not super clear how or why. <laughs> like, maybe electricity or something. <laughs> Right, and it's how do you make money? Electricity. Yeah. But it's like some sort of shady business. And I like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, right? Sounds like it. Yeah. Um so anyway. So anyway, Ramirez gets meets up with him and um Okay, so well, first he fights Michael Ironsides for a little bit, and then like gets away or something, and that's when Michael Ironsides says, "I'm a joint corporation." So he and <laughs> John C. McGinley, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah.
1: Dr. Cox. I it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, but anyway, he they start like like talking about so there's like this maximum prison, mm-hmm. and the guy that like made the shield with Connor gets put in the prison, and so like. This is basically where Connor McLeod's going to go. They know this kind of thing. So, right. um, <laughs> anyway, so they're like, nobody can get into there. And then they, so he and Ramirez drive into this, in, or in this car, and they drive in and like they're like, stop or, or well, they're like, oh, I've never been to the desert before. And they're like, oh, whatever. And mm-hmm. they drive past the checkpoint. And like a bunch of people shoot indiscriminately into the car, <laughs> right? Because they're immortal. So who cares, right? Right. And it's established that. Connor McCloud is shot 108 times and Ramirez is shot 112 times, right? Like, and everyone thinks they're done. They take him back to the thing. That's Mm -hmm. right. But they have the chick in the trunk. Oh. Right? And she's like, oh, you know, they kidnapped me or something. Here's the thing. They obviously don't care a lot about her because I'm pretty sure that trunk isn't reinforced. Her Mm -hmm. not dying was probably 100% pure luck. (laughs) Because, again, they were, like, it was shoot-to-kill situation. Right. You've got a bunch of people with, like, machine guns or something shooting at this car. And they're just like, you weigh in the trunk. I know you're not immortal, but I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what happens. Yeah. We're immortal, so we don't care about mortal lives.
1: Right. I'm I'm picking up that theme here. Right. Yeah. Basically. Okay.
0: So, anyway, they go, they meet the guy. And he says about the coordinates again. Like, he said it earlier in the movie, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they meet him, and they talk about he's like the coordinates are here again. And I was like, why didn't he write it down? (laughs) Anyway, so then, so then, John C McKinley's like, oh well, nobody gets out of Max, and Michael Ironside like I thought you said nobody could get into it, right? So anyway, they're like leaving. Somehow, (laughs)
1: want people to go into it like bad people? You think? Right? Right? Okay, yeah.
0: I'm just making. I don't run the. I don't. I'm not part of the corporation, Ellie. I'm not. Okay, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I shouldn't ask stupid questions. (laughs) So anyway, um. So then they're, like, trying to leave or whatever, and then Sean Connery ends up in this room, and one door closes, and then um, McCloud and the chick run into this the, into the room, and this, and he's like, don't let the door close, but it's too late, it closes, there's no handles on the door, there's, like, a keypad, but the lady's pushing it, it doesn't work. And coming from the ceiling is, like, this, like, spinning fan, right? Because it's, it's going to come kill them, and, um, so... Ah! Yeah, basically. It's like, oh, no, how do they get out of this mess? And they're Highlanders, so you don't want them decapitated, first of all. And second right. of all, as easily as that one bird guy's head just, like, kind of rolled off, I can see why they're scared all the time. I would be scared <laughs> to hit my forehead and just, like, decapitate <laughs> myself on coverage. As much as
1: I bump my head on things, yeah. I would think I'd be dead pretty soon. As yeah, a- just
0: head rolls right <laughs> off. You'd be like, ah, oh, damn it. And then your cupboard would take all your power. <laughs> So anyway, for some reason, some unknown reason, Ramirez has some sort of magic power, right? Uh-huh. And he, like, uses this magic to hold the fan. Like, it starts to come down, and they're all, like, getting on the ground. But Ramirez is not scared, and he, like, uses magic and pushes it back up. Right. And um, It's because he's strong, hunter, Yeah, and he says, you know, my time is done. Uh, it seems like you should be able to get out. Earth. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's like my time is liquored up. <laughs> he's like my time is done here. And then what does he say? Oh, he said something about yeah. like, oh, oh, McCloud's like, when, like, when will I see you again, or something, or will I ever see you again? And he's like, you never know, or something. And like wink, <laughs> right? Like they're setting up for a third movie. Nobody's gonna watch a third one of these. Like I said, the third one's very different from this. It pretends the second one didn't happen. That's probably best to me. I think honestly, that he could have got out too. A, he doesn't, like, it doesn't explain if they use his magic to open the door, Mm -hmm. right? The Mm -hmm. door just opens. I assume it's his magic, Mm -hmm. his magic that's not explained and nobody knows where it comes from. Right. Uh, But also, like, you know, hold it up and then run out the door, right? Right. He doesn't do that. And then for some reason it explodes. And I don't know if it explodes because it's supposed to be coming down and he's forcing it back up. Because I don't understand how fans or magic work, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so, anyway, and then, like, when he dies, they have Spanish, or no, they have oh, Scottish bagpipes, right? Scottish bagpipes. Yes, that play "Amazing Grace" for Ramirez's. For Ramirez's character. Ramirez is supposed to be Spanish, right. So He's really, well, like Pablo Escobar Ramirez or something. They
1: should be having like tacos and like <laughs> tequila.
0: <laughs> and, I think. Oh my god! They should have played tequila. Tequila. Rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. Woo! Are, I think
1: I'm thinking Mexico, but. I, I mean, they probably drink tequila in Spain. I think you can drink tequila anyway. I think you can, too. It's a universal drink. Yeah. I drink a lot of it in Amsterdam.
0: Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, like, okay. So, um, anyway, so they're, like, trying to get out. Um, they, like, get or like they get in a truck or something. Uh, he kills, like, somebody or something. Like, just a regular streetcar. Just because. Yeah. They get in the truck, and they're trying to drive out, and then Michael Ironsides is, like, walking down the, like, road to them. And, like, she kind of... Like, the chick in that passenger seat kind of looks worried. Um, and, like... Um, and then, like... And, like, the truck's still going, and he's walking toward it. And then, like, Connor, like, runs over him. But it's, like, the slowest, weirdest, like, run over I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. if I was going to hit an immortal, I would hit him hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I would... Boom! Yeah. All right. Hopefully, make him fly a little bit. Hopefully, make his head pop off. Right? Yeah. You get it. Yeah. 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 Not nah, in this case. They kind of like slowly roll over him or something, and then she's like, "Outstanding!" <laughs> butum. Which butum? I just like, outstanding. You just watch him run over some
1: <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. That sounds like a great movie. Yeah. I kind of wanted to watch it to make fun of it.
0: So, anyway, because they ran over him so slow, I assume, uh, Mike Ironside just grabs onto the truck because at some point down the road, he, like, comes out and starts, like, fighting them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is another part where this chick is weird. So, like, he and Connor McCaw are fighting. And at one point, he, like, gets on the hood of the truck or whatever, like, breaks through the window, like, punches her in the face, chokes her a bit, right? And then mm-hmm. Connor, like, fights him off or whatever. Connor gets back in the truck. And then she, like, she, like, realizes her nose is bleeding and then, like, looks in the mirror. She's, like, so embarrassed because her nose is bleeding. Lady, you got punched in the face. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, oh, I feel like, like that's a high like... altitude. Like, I can see why you'd be a little bit embarrassed there. But if I got punched in the face.
1: I'd be, like, badass. Yeah. I, I just I got punched in the face. It's
0: like, ew, gross. Your nose is bleeding after you got punched in the face and choked and almost died. I'd be, like, go fuck yourself. Like, I do not care.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it was actually bleeding because she did, like, too much cocaine
0: or something. Uh, And then she was like, oh,
1: no, everyone's going to know I'm a cocaine.
0: So it's just, like, a thing that she's used to. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's why she's so weird throughout the whole movie (laughs) is because she's super coked up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) That totally makes sense. I think I just solved that (laughs) issue. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, that's most of the movie. They get to the rock. Uh, or they they get out of the shield by, like climbing through a rock I, or something I don't understand like it looks like they climb out of a rock and then they're on top of a mountain and the mountain's over the shield mm-hmm. and the shield um and like they apparently like completely trusted the, the the guy in the jail because like they didn't bring any precautions to like test the air before they go out there or anything like that they're just outside they're you know, like we're with you oh. buddy yeah hey everything turns out it's right you know, <laughs> we're not gonna die immediately. So whatever. So they're like, we should take down the shield. So then they go back to the shield, and Michael Ironsides kills the John C. McGinley character at one point. He like grabs him by the balls and like throws him out the window or something. Ouch! Yeah. And uh, so anyway. Connor and Michael Ironside's fight and blah 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 and like that fight it's oh it's not that great and the beheading is not that great like it's, is it like another like pop the head off kind of a almost, thing almost yeah Ooh. so here's the thing like I'm not you know you know me I'm not big on gore or anything I'm, right. I'm not looking for it to be realistic necessarily right. but like uh, in that instant right it's like this bad guy who like apparently has been screwing you over for centuries now <laughs> like you should like it's it's a fight you've earned there should be more drama to it right. than what was presented it was it's so just bad. like Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So anyway, the name... Lightning or whatever. So they gotta do the shield. And Ramirez kept saying, remember, it'll take the two of you to destroy the shield or whatever. So, like, Hunter goes into the shield thing, even though, like, a minute ago he used it to hurt Michael Ironside's hand or something. Anyway, he goes into it and he's standing there. And the chick's like, Hunter! And I think what you're supposed to think is that he loves her. This chick that he's known for, like, 12 hours now. Makes and sense. did fuck in an alley. Right. Who doesn't love that? Right. So anyway, that he sees her and then he's like, oh my god, I love her and his love is so much. And that's what brings in all the power. Power to destroy the shield, and then boom, shields down, sky's out, night sky everywhere for some reason. Because I don't know why they're not. They like at no point does it seem to. Do they realize like other parts of the world would have sun? Right, right,
1: makes sense.
0: <laughs> but they don't acknowledge that at all. They're like, oh, it's night everywhere. Look at all the beautiful Australia
1: is like. It's so dark outside.
0: <laughs> well, I mean. I mean, they're all used to the dark. So, like, that's the other thing I was thinking, is the people who have the sun are probably like, what is happening? Right. Because we already established the terrorist check that he's banging has never seen the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <gasps> it's right. not a great movie. Right. It's it's okay, right? Like, it's a great, have, terrible movie. If you had... Well, no, here's... If, if you had... um if you had just this, just this one movie, standalone, right? Mm-hmm. Named it like um, the Lowlander, right? <laughs> and, and you know, it's aliens come to the Earth, their punishment, blah blah blah. Yeah, right? it would be, it would be a movie no, like nobody really cares right. about. You know, They'd it would, be like, eh, yeah, uh, not a great uh, movie. Yeah. yeah, but because it's supposed to be a sequel to Highlander, it is easily the worst movie in the world. Okay. I've never seen either,
1: but because you're so passionate about this and I know you know what you're talking about, I'm going to agree with you 100%. You're
0: welcome.
1: All right. You're very welcome. That's great. That's my Highlander 2 rant. That's great. I really liked it. I watched another movie. I thought it was going to be yell worthy, mm-hmm. but I actually, I liked some parts of it, mm-hmm. but then I thought about it for a while. I started watching it. I texted Amy and I was like, oh my God, I watched this movie because I thought I could yell about it, but now I kind of like it. But now that I've thought about it, I'm like, ah.
0: yeah. there
1: are some parts about it. So it's called begin again,
0: begin again,
1: begin again. Okay. It's got Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. and Keira Knightley and Adam Levine. And who's that one lady? She was in, uh, Forty-year-old. Have you seen Forty-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah. With Steve Carell, his girlfriend that he ends up marrying.
0: Oh, I haven't seen it for a long time. Eh,
1: well, that lady. Leslie Mann. No, not Leslie Mann. Yep. She's like got dark.
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna
1: Google it. While okay. I'm Googling, I'll just talk. So basically, it starts out. You've got Mark Ruffalo, and he's like this. Big record company hotshot guy who's, like, down on his luck. His wife left him. Mm -hmm. You know, he got kicked out. He lives in a crappy apartment. He hasn't brought anything to the record label in forever. He started this record label company with his friend. He goes in because he has this meeting, and his friend's like, you know what? You're fired. You haven't brought us any ideas or anything in the last, like, five years. You need to get out of here. Mm Mm-hmm. So he has like this drunken meltdown at work with his daughter there. Thanks. Super embarrassing. And also, I would just like to say that Mark Ruffalo's impersonation of an alcoholic is like a mentally disabled autistic adult. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like he just, the whole time, I just kept thinking, like, is he like? I don't know if he's drunk or if he's like mentally ill. All I right. don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Um, But, yeah. And so, he goes to this bar. They start the movie out. He goes to this bar. He's, like, thinking about killing himself because he's got nothing else left to live for. He goes to this bar. He hears Keira Knightley singing a song. And he, like... He imagined, he hears her singing, but then he's like, oh, like he starts imagining like drums and keyboard and like violin and cello. And he just starts like jamming out and rocking out. And all these people are looking at him weird because it's just Kira Knightley with a guitar. But he's like doing drum solo and like freaking out like, yeah, the song's great. And everyone's right. like, dude, it's just a chick with a guitar playing a, like a really mellow, sad song. Right. And so then he goes up to her and he's like, I want to sign you. So, then they go back up to, uh, you know, Kara Knightley and her story. So, her story Mm -hmm. is that she's from, I guess, London. I don't know. They never really specify where home is for her. She's Mm -hmm. from, I don't know, somewhere. Mm -hmm. And she has this boyfriend. Earth. Earth. She's from planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has this boyfriend who's played. His name is David Cole. Mm -hmm. He's played by Adam Levine. And they're, like, singer-songwriter duo. Mm -hmm. And they love each other. And he, they don't. Specify how he gets his song in a movie, okay. but they say he got his song in a movie, mm-hmm. and now he's like going to New York. This record label signed him. They want to create an album. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, usually the order, okay. right? Usually, just like they find a random nobody, put their song in a movie, and then you yeah. get a record deal. Yeah. Right. One, well, even in like even in the movie, they say like, oh, well, you know what they say? Like, get your song in a movie, but like, how?
0: Yeah. How do you do that? I I mean, I, I assume maybe there's somewhere and, like, some story of, like, somebody, like, performing on the street and somebody walking by is like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. But I can't I imagine but, it's, like, an independent movie sort of situation. Right. And I can't imagine it's that common.
1: Right. And, and they don't really get into that. But anyway, so they get to New York mm-hmm. and the record you know the record label guy of course is like really cheesy and Mm -hmm. gross and greasy and whatever and so slowly through time they show Adam Levine like becoming like a d-bag rock star and he like grows a mustache like first of all when they show him like getting out of the limo to New York he's wearing like a plaid button up and a cardigan and like these like square rimmed glasses and then like three weeks later he's got a mustache and he's wearing chunky sweaters and he's like (laughs) wearing a beanie and he's just like super badass like rock star and whatever and he's kind of becoming, like, more and more distant. So then he's like, oh, hey, I've got to go to L.A. And she's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to L.A.? And he's like, no, I'm going to L.A. You're staying here. And she's like, okay, whatever. I get it. You're a rock star now. And so then he, like, comes back and he's like, hey, I wrote a song when I was in L.A. I got inspired. And she's like, oh, I, can I hear it? And he's like, yeah, of course. Let me play you the song. I'd love to play it with you. Not like, oh, no, I don't want to play this song for you. So he starts playing it for her and she's, like into it, like, not, like, bobbing her head, like, yeah, this is great, and then all of a sudden, she just stops and, like, stares at him, like, I'm gonna kill you, kind of a stare, and he, like, gets, like, really meek, and, like, looks down, and just like, oh, no, and then she just slaps him (laughs) super hard across the face, and he's like, what the F is wrong with you? Oh, my God, you're an effing mind reader, and she's like, who is it about, and he's like, it's about Mim, the Asian secretary that I met a month ago, she was in L.A. with me, so needless to say she leaves him Mm -hmm. uh she goes to this she you know goes to stay with her friend her friend's like hey i'm gonna go to this open mic tonight you should come with me and she's like no i'm just gonna sleep i have a flight to catch tomorrow to go home again we don't know where home is Mm -hmm. um he's like no i need you to come with me because i'm really worried about you really depressed if you don't come with me i'm gonna find your head in an oven Mm -hmm. and she's like oh fine okay so he makes her play a song in the open mic mark carfalo hears her they like get meet up and whatever and he's like i want to sign you i want to like Produce your record. So they get this idea. You take it to the record, and his friend, who he started the record label with, is like, nah I don't like it. She's got an attitude problem. Okay.
0: Yeah, who doesn't?
1: Yeah. And so he's like, "Fine, we're gonna produce an album. We're gonna do it outside, and New York City will be our soundstage, or whatever." And it's kind of weird. Right. And again, Mark Ruffalo is like this, like fumbling, like autistic, <laughs> alcoholic man throughout this movie. Right. But like some of the songs are like pretty cool if you're into like indie rock, like you know, kind of mm-hmm. girl power music. It was it was pretty good. I liked some of the songs. It wasn't a terrible movie. I, I mean, there are definitely some parts where I was like, eh. but the one part of the movie that really bothered me. Mm-hmm was Mark Ruffalo was talking about how he met his wife and how he met his wife was they their first date was they had a uh, headphones splitter, mm-hmm. and they walked through New York City all night just listening to her CD player and just spoke like two words to each other and just were listening to music all day and all night mm-hmm. and they were married two months later
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so you know they fell in love because of their love of music Okay. and so she's like let's do that tonight and he's like okay and he's like give me your phone let me see Wait, your playlist
0: so, so Kira Knightley wants to recreate the thing that he did with his first wife
1: I guess kind of yeah like okay. she's just like oh that's like so romantic like that sounds cool and then he's like let me see your playlist. And she's like, no, I don't want you to see it. And he's like, oh, come on. You can tell a lot about a person from a playlist. She's like, no. I can't let you see my playlist. It's so embarrassing. And he's like, oh, come on. And she's like, there's a lot of guilty pleasure stuff on there. <laughs> I also noticed that Keira Knightley has, like, a British accent, but it's not like like pretty british accent it's like oh, i'm from england like kind of like, <laughs> like british a, accent like that, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. and so anyway he's like she's like oh there's a lot of guilty pleasure stuff on there i don't want you to hear it and he's like oh come on like it's great like oh, let me hear it and she's like okay but you can't judge me and so then it's like first song frank frank sinatra mm-hmm. second song stevie wonder Mm-hmm. You know, for once in my life. Like, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I was expecting, like, sync Britney Spears, yeah. like, Christina, Aggie, like, that kind of guilty pleasure music. Not Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder. Right. Like, that's great. And so I was like, are we really supposed to believe that, like, those are her guilty pleasure songs? I also
0: find it hard to believe, honestly. You know me, I listen to a lot of music. Right. And, you know, aside, yeah, from, from as far as I can think, right? And I'm sure there's probably something in there. be like, oh, I don't know. You know, not am yeah. not super proud to have on my iPod, but I've got a lot. Yeah. For the most part, uh, I like it. And that's why I listen to it. Right. And you would think as a musician... You could stand by that, right? Because you know that people are not necessarily going to like your music. Well, and especially, too, because her whole thing
1: through the whole whole movie is, like, I don't care if people like my music or not. I make music for me. Right. And, you know, if people don't appreciate the song, then they shouldn't listen to me or whatever. So, like, why does she care? Yeah, she shouldn't care. I mean,
0: you should practice once you preach, kind of thing
1: right? Right. And her Guilty Pleasure songs, you can't see it right now, but I'm doing air quotes around (laughs) Guilty Pleasure, are Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Like... I mean, not... Yeah. Most people would agree that those are great songs. Classic songs, at least. You know, like, 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 you can't be like, those are terrible songs. Like, Like, I don't... Right. Yeah. And so, but anyway, that was, like, the part of the movie that bothered me the most. But anyway, she ends up releasing her, you know record online for a dollar or whatever and it's a big deal because he's you know works in the record industry and he's letting her release it online for only a dollar and uh, she sends like sells like 10,000 copies in one day or whatever oh and then like he like just miraculously you know Mm gets back together with his wife who he tells her the reason that they split up was because she had an affair with a European and was gonna spend her life with him and whatever, but then the European got cold feet and was like, I ain't leaving my wife so then they ended up splitting up mm-hmm. because of that. And but you know, the power of the music brought them back together. Also, Adam Levine turns into a D bag rock star mm-hmm. who tries to get her back mm-hmm. And like plays the song that she wrote for him, but like she sees his like reaction to the crowd, and she's like, "Oh, he's a lost cause. He only cares about what people think of him." And I'm like, "Kira Knightley, get off your high horse yeah, and go back to are, doing he, Jane Austen movies, okay?" Really
0: care what people think about you, so. right, right?
1: But yeah, so it wasn't completely terrible, <laughs> right. but there were some parts of it that I was like, eh. "It's like I guess it's not really a rom com. It's like a romedy. It's like a romantic drama." comedy. Some parts are funny, but yeah, it's, it's okay. Who's the one guy, the talk show guy, the British guy that does the show with Adele,
0: Adele oh, the- are you talking about James Corden
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. he's in the movie and he's the friend and he's like the funniest part of the whole movie because there's this one scene where they showed Adam Levine who grew a beard and they're like why would he do that like why would he grow a beard he looks terrible and he's like oh he just wants everyone to think that he's so artistic and oh I grew this beard because I was so lost in music and making music and this is what happened and uh, <laughs> and whatever All but right. yeah but yeah that's the movie alright yeah And that's all I have to say about... Begin again. again. (laughs) Not bad. Not great. Right. Good if you have a few hours to kill. Right. Yeah. And you have
0: nothing better to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool beans. All right. Did you want to set a goal for next week or anything? Or next month? Next month, I think we should watch a funny movie. Like what, though? A bad movie. I don't know. We should watch. You and I should watch. I will point out.
0: It was your idea that you were going to come up with a movie that we'll watch. And we
1: should watch. If it's, I don't know if it'll be out on DVD by then, but I was going to say we should watch Batman vs. Superman. Okay. And we can yell about how
0: bad it is. Yeah, that'll be. That'll be us. Neither one of us can agree that it was a good movie. I haven't seen it. And I, I might like it, and maybe I'll disagree with you, and I'll be like,
1: no, Ellie, you just don't understand. I think, I think I'm think i going to... But... I I, I hated know. it. I think you're also going to... I think you're going to hate it more than I hated it. Yeah. For different reasons. So I think yeah. that'll make it great.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, if it's out by then, we'll do
1: that. And if not, we'll find if it. If not, we'll watch the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> and we'll talk about how terrible that is. ended. No. <laughs> I'm sorry to anybody who liked that movie, but it was... It wasn't, the worst. it wasn't the worst. It was just very like,
0: oh no, he killed somebody. Oh yeah, it No. Was just, yeah, like, a lot of things that paid homage to like the older movies. It's just too much. Yeah, right. Like if there was like a, a wink here or there, maybe. But it was like every effing scene was like, remember when it happened in this other movie? And it's like, yes, I do. That's kind of why this is annoying me.
1: Right. This is. I wanted something different. But thank you for annoying the shit out of me. <laughs> I agree, a hundred percent. All right. Welp.
0: Alright, I think we did okay. I think we did alright. will do it later <laughs> make sure. This has been Liquor and Picker with Amy and Ellie, who are drunk. <laughs>